We have all, all of us have things that we are hopeful for at Christmas time. According to the Cambridge Dictionary, the word hope means this, to want something to happen or to be true and usually have a good reason to think that it might occur or be true. So hope is something that might happen and you have sort of good reason to think it's going to happen. So if you're a Liverpool fan in the room, any Liverpool fans in the room, everyone want to admit to that? Oh, there's a few this morning, but no, can't, oh, oh, well, there's one over there, yep, yep. So, if you're uh, no, over there, okay, well, that you have good reason to hope that this may be the year for you in the Premier League. For us who are Saints fans, or for those of you who are Brighton fans, we're just sort of hoping that we don't get relegated uh, this year. It's a more realistic hope. See, in the English word of hope, there's always a degree of uncertainty that the thing we hope for may not happen. So, chaps in the room, a Christmas present for your wife. Oh, it's, a, it's not a certain thing that she's going to like your Christmas present, is it? It's, it's, it's a tricky thing for us chaps. You see, firstly, have we actually listened to what she has said? I mean, that's a, that's a, big, a big issue, isn't it? Secondly, have we picked up on the subtle clues given to us? Another, another thing we're not so good at. What about, have we got distracted when we went to the shops and actually ended up buying her something we want ourselves? Oh, the complete Marvel movie set. Maybe not a present for her. Even if you get into lingerie, that's, you know, that's questionable who that is a present for. Learn, learn from this one, guys. And if this is you, this next one I say, can I encourage you just to give it to your wife as a, or girlfriend as a present th this week and go and buy her another one, okay? Household items, ironing boards, hoovers, they're not Christmas presents, okay? So she may unwrap it and then wrap it round you. So just, you know, be, be wary of that one. It's a very uncertain thing for us chaps buying you ladies a Christmas present. Whereas for you ladies, it's a lot more certain that we're going to like your present. Firstly and primarily because you actually listen. Thing we could, uh, we could learn there. But secondly, us guys, we haven't learned the art of being subtle and hinting, have we? We say things like, darling, I'd really like that light blue super dry shirt over there for Christmas. Can you buy it for me? Yes, the one like all my other blue shirts. That would be great, thank you. So it's a much more certain thing for you ladies. So you see, in the English, hope always has a degree of uncertainty to it. But when we come to the Bible, we need to understand that the word hope in the Bible isn't, doesn't have that uncertainty. It's something that is going to happen, it just hasn't happened yet. That's why Jesus is the hope of the nation, and that's why it's the title of uh, the, the, our Christmas theme this year. Hope is something that is certain, it just hasn't happened. In the book of Romans, in the Bible, it says this, Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see... We wait for it with patience. 
biblical hope is something certain. Someone's very excited about Christmas, as you can see here. And actually, we can all live in the hope that Christmas Day, it is coming, little one. It's coming. That is, that is a use of biblical hope. For those of you out there who are a little bit more bar humbug, well, you can live in the hope that Christmas Day is going to be over because it will be shortly afterwards. Biblical hope is something that is certain. Also, before I move on in my message, the other thing you need to understand about hope is you always hope for something that is good for those that you love. You don't hope for disaster or calamity on those people you love, do you? No, you hope for good. You hope if they're going through a difficult time, you hope that it suddenly becomes more favorable for them. Even when they make mistakes and do things that are wrong, if you truly love them, you hope that they learn from their mistake or the punishment that they receive so they don't do it again. So with those two things in mind, that biblical hope is something that is certain. It just hasn't happened yet. And hope for somebody you love is always something that is for their good. That is why Jesus is referred to in the Bible as the hope of the nations. You see, he is God's gift to this world to bring justice and peace here on earth, but also and primarily initially between us and God, because the two are linked to peace between us and God and peace here on earth. You see, according to the Bible, the reason why the world is in the mess that it is in is because mankind has gone their own way in rebellion against its creator. It's what the Bible calls sin. It leads, being out of sorts with God leads people to choose to do what they like, even if it hurts other people. And in truth, all of us are guilty of doing things that we know have hurt other people. We've said things that are even worse and can be cruel sometimes. And we've thought things that are worse, that are even worse. And God, he sees it all. He knows it all. And those people that we have hurt, God loves them, the Bible says. So we're not only doing things that offend God, but we do things that hurt the people that he loves, because he loves all of us as well. But worse than all this is the fact that we live our life that God has given us on this world that God has created for us, ignoring him and offending him. You see, it's no small crime, according to the Bible, that we, we do this against the author of life, the one who gives you your very next breath. But because God loves you, and because he loves me, he sent Jesus to come and to live amongst us. The prophet Isaiah says this, 700 years before Jesus was born. And in Matthew's gospel, he uh, picks it up and he says this, Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved. Hello, little one. My beloved, with whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. A bruised reed he will not break, 
and a smoldering wick he will not quench until he brings justice to victory. And in his name, the nations will hope. You see, God confirmed that Jesus was his chosen servant, not just at his birth with the angels and the wise men and all those things, but actually also as Jesus began his ministry, as he was baptized, there was an audible voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. With him, I am well pleased. And at the same time as that happened, the Holy Spirit fell on Jesus in the form of a dove, the bird of peace marking him out. And then from that moment on, the Gospels are are keen to show us that Jesus was led and filled with the Holy Spirit. It says this in Luke chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit. You see, Jesus is the one who God has sent to bring justice to the nations. He's the one that we should put our hope in. That baby born in a manger at Christmas time, grew up to be a man who taught us what God requires of each one of us. And then more than that, he chose to go to the cross to die for you and for me so that we can get right with God. You see, God is a God of justice. And therefore, if he doesn't punish wrongdoing where he sees it, he would cease to be just. Just like a head teacher in her school, she has to punish bad behavior where she sees it. God, as creator, has to punish wrongdoing where he sees it within his creation. But in love, because he loves you, he sent Jesus to come and live amongst us. The only one who God could look down from heaven and say, with you, I am well pleased. And then he chose to die on a cross so that When we put our faith in him, he takes on himself our sins and we get given his righteousness. All the things that we've done that offend God, all the things that we've said and thought that hurt one another, he takes that on himself. And then when God looks at you, he sees Jesus' perfect righteousness on you. You're acceptable in his presence and you'll be welcomed in the age to come. As well, Jesus said, this gospel, this good news, needs to go out to all the earth so that everyone has an opportunity to respond to it, and then he will come and bring justice on the earth. But in order for us to be included in the perfect age to come, we need to have surrendered our life to Jesus first, the very person who gave his life for you. That's why, that's why he's the hope of the nations. And that's why the Apostle Peter can say this. In Acts chapter 4, he says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He is the one who conquered sin and death. And so he is the one who can give you a hope that means that you can conquer sin and death as well, and have a hope that goes on to life eternal. That is the certain hope that we celebrate at Christmas time, born out of the love of God for you and for me. But before I close, notice 
this from that passage from Isaiah that I read earlier. And this is the nature of God's love towards you. Where it says this, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench. You see, we've all suffered at the hands of others. And actually some of you in this room would have suffered more than other people around. And you feel that, actually. You feel like, oh, you know, life hasn't been so kind to me at times. And I just felt God wanted me to highlight this to you today. You see that you might be in that place where you feel like, I just can't cope anymore. Maybe feeling like, actually, I've got no hope for this situation. It might even be your marriage. You might be thinking, actually, I just feel like my marriage is over. We'll do Christmas, but that's, that's it. It's going to be over. You may be in a place where actually the hope of life itself may feel like it's about to be snuffed out. Well, my friends, Jesus is the hope of the nations. He is the one who can breathe hope into your hopeless situation. Jesus, the Bible says, is our healer. Jesus is our helper. Jesus is our comforter. Jesus is our friend. He's the one who wants to come alongside you and help you. If you look to Jesus, he can make you whole again. Just like a flower needs the light of the sun to shine upon it to live, our hearts, the Bible says, needs the light of God's love to shine upon it in order for us to truly live. When you surrender your life to Jesus, he will give you the Bible says, fullness of life that overspills into life eternal. And you do that, firstly, by recognizing your need for him and the fact that you can't please God by yourself. And then secondly, you do that by praying a prayer of forgiveness and surrender to him, which is what I'm going to close this message by doing. So can I just ask you all to bow your heads and to close your eyes, because it's primarily between you and God. And if you're here in that place and you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to receive that hope of the nation, you want fresh hope in those situations that I highlighted, then just pray this along with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me enough to send Jesus to die for me. Please forgive me for ignoring you and for all the things that I have done that offends you. Through the power of your spirit, help me to know your love and to live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' name I ask this. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, can I encourage you to either tell the person you came with, if they're a, a member here, a Christian here, or if not, we want to come and see me. We have some of these Why Christmas leaflets to, to give to you. If you're, and feel free, as any guests here, to, to take one of these on, on your way out as well. It explains a bit more of the Christmas uh, message.